1: Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore MBA podcast brought to you by ZoneCoverage.com and the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. I am joined here in Atlanta, Georgia by Chris Hine of the Star Tribune. And truth be told, we just recorded the first five or ten minutes of this podcast and I didn't hit the record button. So I'm extra thankful for you putting up with me um, to to come and do Not a problem. to do Glad this to do show. Uh, <laughs> what we were just talking about and what I want to get into is this Timberwolves season as a whole, the, the 16 games have been, I wrote something today, I just called it kind of discombobulated because the whole, the starting lineup has changed every single game. I went back and looked and Trevion and Covington and Teague and Wiggins and Cat all started on last Wednesday and that was the first time that the actual starting five yeah. had been together to start since the Philadelphia game. Yep. That that Cat... Uh, got in the fight with Embiid. So there's just been sort of all this the chaos that just kind of comes with the NBA season has been going for the Wolves. They've managed to be 8 and 8 um which I I would say is is impressive given the run. But why I wanted to have you on and I wanted to do this all year is to talk about the uh the the profile you wrote on Robert Covington and his struggle with um with his mental illness and depression that he he went through in his time you know, after, after the after injury, the, after the
2: trade, after the injury. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, so walk me through it. You, you spent over an hour with Rob just kind of talking about this and he was, he seemed so willing to, to divulge this information. Like it had just been something that had kind of been pent up with him and he was yes. in him and he was sort of ready it to felt let like,
2: It felt like he was in a, in a space where he really wanted to tell people what he had been through um, where I he, he almost felt like almost like I don't want to say it was it was a therapy session in and of itself, but he just kind of let let all that stuff off of his shoulders mm-hmm. again, you know, and that's what he said when he went to therapy. It was like he said it was just him talking and just unburdening himself of all these issues just to a neutral voice. Um, And that's kind of what it was like talking to him where we talked for over an hour and I didn't say too much. I didn't ask him too many questions uh, during the course of that interview. It was just kind of him detailing and going into very specific details uh, about facets of his personal life that not everybody would be willing to share. You know, he he talked about the effect it had, you know, with him and his mother and and him and his girlfriend and kind of what their relationship was going through as a result of the injury and his mental mood, mood swings and and things like that. And it was a very in-depth and and I think, you know, the side of an athlete that we don't always get to see, um, especially given kind of how happy and, and kind of this joyful presence that he was when he first came to Minnesota last year.
1: And you and I were, were talking before just about maybe how some people were giving you some flack or pushback, and it's the normal Very, very pushback. small voices. Right. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but we see that whether it's Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, any of these athletes that have kind of come out with it. and P- people, people see the millions of dollars, and they
2: think, oh, you shouldn't have any problems. You're making millions of dollars, so therefore you cannot have problems in your personal life.
1: But yeah. exactly what he 's describing are the clear cut signs of depression, yep and and I thought you highlighted well, he just he began to crave solitude, mm-hmm. he so much so he he sent his family out that had moved to Minneapolis, mm-hmm. back home to nashville back back out east, and he just wanted to be alone and what he described the the yeah. sleeping way more the um, just showing up late anything.
2: Like showing up late to his rehab assignments and kind of feeling hopeless in the progress of his rehab because he wasn't getting better so he's like why am i doing right. my rehab i'm not getting better what's the point yeah all of that i
1: mean it's just the if for anyone who has struggled with depression or has had someone around them struggle with depression those are just the telltale signs Science. is the seclusion that they crave and the yeah just like the lack of energy that i guess they give off and we didn't have the i like the, the privilege or the opportunity to really be around him when he was struggling with that because he was away from the team and i think for us or at least for me to to see or to hear this after the fact that robert covington is this guy who is craving solitude doesn't want to be around anyone is in a depressed mood was such a weird Thing for me to kind of settle in my head when I yeah. my personal experiences with him are of the guy who comes in post Jimmy Butler sets the Wolves locker room on fire this time in a good way yeah. and is just the instigator of joy he seemed to bring so much out of cat and he was bring he was making so many people happy and now you're hearing oh that's not that's not what's going on in, in his life anymore, I, just two really polarizing figures yeah. that I have in my and head, it, and
2: it goes to show you, you know, and in, in take this in, in any walk of life, that you never know what people are going through, even if on the outside sure. they may seemingly be happy, and and healthy and thriving, um, you know. But as you said, we didn't get to talk to him much while he was going through the the rehab. We would get the occasional update from him after a practice, and and he had seemed really hopeful. I think it was like maybe early February when when yeah it was like had, he, 25 they, they games him, after he'd missed yeah they sent him down to Iowa yep. f- for those practices and then he um, as he said he he took a couple of flights he he went home to Nashville for his uh, I think it was his girlfriend's son's uh, birthday, birthday. Right. yeah and he came back and this and he said his knee would swell up on flights often but it would go down. This time it never went back down. And so then they did more testing, revealed more more, uh, more damage than they thought, and that's how he ended up getting
1: shut down. And then he ended up having the arthroscopic surgery yes. in the beginning of I April. It was, yeah, yeah. And it, the way he describes it, it seems like that was the most trying part of all of this was feeling like you were getting close to coming back. And then just getting set back, yeah. I can just imagine that he was like... I'm sure he was aware enough to understand that he was depressed but thought that his freedom from that depression would come when he started playing again. When he started playing again. Yeah. And then when he just get that pushed further and further back, mm-hmm. I think that just kind of boiled up for him. Yep. And, and what you detailed in the story was, and, and this is even hard for me to picture, is him kind of like snapping at Ryan Saunders and the coaching staff and, and them just kind of – not confronting him, but asking him, like, "Hey, this isn't you. This isn't the guy that that we know." Like, what, like what's? And he going realized
2: on. it too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was specifically at the coaching staff, but but he just said he snapped one day mm, at the facility, okay. um, and then later on, he Saunders, uh, Scott Laden, and, and Greg Farnham had a conversation, that's when the therapy came up. But even he, re- he even he, kind of realized as he was going through it, like, "What is happening with me? Like, this is not me." Um, so you know, great. It shows great self awareness on on his part to, I think, to kind of realize that he he needed to get the help and to not be um, afraid to get the help or think that it was beneath him or think that it would be too weak, quote unquote. Well, that's of him what he said, right? Help. He yeah. was the he and was he thought so too. You know, initially, yeah, he did he did say that he's like, oh, therapy. This is kind of this is for. I, I'm not weak, you know. I don't need therapy, but he came around to it i think you know after ryan kind of convinced him to
1: to do it because ryan had maybe had similar trepidations about going into therapy and and all the the kind of the stigmas that are around there mm-hmm. were real for him but it it sounded like he got a lot out of the therapy that he went to after his father's death yes. and was able to kind of be that nudge for robert to to be the one to exactly to and go just, to go to
2: therapy and it just you know it just helps and and, and robert said you know he, that just being the he said his first session i think all he did was he just talked mm-hmm. and he just unburdened himself it was you know the the therapist said n- next to nothing it was just him talking and he said even after even after just doing that it helped then he came back again did more talking started feeling better than a third session Third session was when, I think he said, he really started to feel a lot better, and he could see that this was actually doing something for him um, and and really improving his mental state. And then, you know, as the spring progresses and the summer progresses, he starts to get better. He he starts to, you know, he's able to do more things physically after he has the surgery. He gets back to eventually playing later in the summer, Mm -hmm. and then he's all the way back. And, you know, and... Help playing, you know, playing again helped with that. The therapy helped. He also mentioned, and he spent a significant portion of time, I didn't get to delve into into this too much into the story, but he did say that going to church again Mm -hmm. was a big thing for him as well. And he really really talked about that uh, kind of the first time he went back to church and he will go regularly or if they're on the road. He'll watch it online um hmm. and that also really helped get him back together he
1: said he as wolves fans who follow him on instagram uh you'd mm-hmm. see he's somebody who's putting out a an instagram story every day of like mm-hmm. a, a bible verse, yes. and it does it it seems it's very clearly to be something that is part of his every or his day to day life now and a real you know place of comfort that he's, he's come to. we also mentioned yeah. reading more and just I th- I, when I was reading the story, I was like, oh yeah he just started doing a lot of more healthy things. Like, yeah. he, he, he just started he's like sleeping more that he, he, mm-hmm. he cut pork out of his diet. Right, I was like, right, right. yeah, this is, we all should do this. we should all, we should all take these, uh, these strides. but yep. he, he just is um, I' find him to, to be a fascinating sort of character in this whole. Timberwolves story That we have right now mm-hmm. And um, With Andrew And with Carl y- You have s- Two such Unique personalities Of Quote unquote Stars Yes And and I, There's Different You know Demarcations of star With Cat. I mean Kat we we Kind of all view As a, a top ten player Of the league But Andrew is a star In the right of He's playing really well now And he comes in With all of this hype Um but but they are very much not of the, the mold of a typical superstar. You know, mentally, outwardly, the, yeah. the way they kind of um, put themselves forward, and then, and not to be clear, not for any sort of bad reason, they're just a little bit. Andrew's certainly a little bit more quiet. Yes, and 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 Carl is his this own unique sort of character, and then I just think it's so interesting to throw Robert Covington as the second or third player, best player in the team, into that mix who's this wildly interesting dude who has a million pets and snakes <laughs> and is is going through a depression of his own yet kind of is the guy who seems to be the most in tune with what is going on in the locker room he's mm-hmm. the guy who's most in tune with what's going on in the stadium when he knows the the fans need they need some energy from right. the fans covington's the guy who's who's raising the roof he's just he strikes me as a very perceptive individual. And I think that is really important given the younger age of Carl and Andrew and just kind of the way they're molded. I think yeah. the puzzle pieces kind of fit well together. Here. I think
2: so. And I think he fits especially well with Towns because he and Towns have a, they knew each other before the trade right. and they had, I think they share an agent. They had worked out together um, so they knew each other beforehand. And I think that Covington is somebody who isn't afraid to hold Carl to yeah. task. Like, uh, he's, he, what, what is Covington, 28? 20, 27, 28. 27, 28. Yeah. He's actually one of the older guys on the team, right. uh, you know, uh, at that age. But he has that relationship with Carl, where he can maybe check Carl if he feels like Carl, you know, is. It's like the big brother like Carl thing, right? it. Yeah, it's kind of like a big, kind of like a big brother in that sense, exactly.
1: It's um, I, I remember you know years ago writing or probably podcasting about it. Uh, about once, like DeMar DeRozan kind of started to ascend a little bit, was when Kyle Lowry showed up in Toronto, mm-hmm. and it was sort of that same sort of age bubble where like Lowry was three or four years older than DeMar and it was kind of this big brother relationship turned best buddy sort of deal yeah. and I, I always because you know everyone makes the Wiggins DeRozan comparisons mm-hmm. I, I was starting about, thinking about that I was like maybe that's what maybe that's what Andrew needs is this this big brother figure and I, I do think what's happened is not necessarily Robert with Andrew but Robert with Carl. Yeah. That kind I of DeRose and Lowry yeah. thing where they're they're buddies, but but there is clearly like a there's clearly an older brother. Yes. Of the and two. they're
2: not afraid to make fun of each other. Yes. Even it goes both they, ways. E, even yeah. when they talk to us, like yeah. you know, they're they're not afraid to, to Needle each other. Um, I, I do think, and I think that's a, that's an interesting relationship. And if, and, but one thing to consider is, you know, the, the Wolves have, and, and Gerson Roses has made, they've made no bones about wanting to acquire another superstar. And who is the best trade chip in a deal for another superstar? It's Robert Covington in that contract. It's a fascinating so, question. So, but, well, but exactly, what happens if you take Robert Covington out of the locker room and out of Carl Anthony Towns's life on a day to day basis. How does that affect what is the domino effect of, of that kind of chemistry going away? And I don't know that we can really quantify that.
1: I don't think we can either we can speculate though. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> I I think I thought about that a lot and mm-hmm. I don't think you can do anything to further risk Carl leave eventually leaving in the Anthony Davis sort of way. Right. And um, I think that ups the risk profile of that happening if Robert Covington is gone, and I wouldn't have said that before Not this. I wouldn't have said that even six months ago. Okay, but I think I mean, Carl loves Robert. Like it yes. is, it is he, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I just think, I think it, there's there's the business of basketball, and a lot of times you would understand it of like well, you know, Robert Covington's on this great deal and there's three years left on it, so its it's peak value is right now. And yeah. so, you you know, you make the move sooner or later. But if you were to make that move at this deadline, I don't know if, like, enough time has accrued in this whole new quote-unquote culture and everything where they could withstand that or with where Carl could withstand that. Um, mm-hmm. It just feels like there would just be tremors that would kind of...
2: Obviously, and, and obviously, a lot of this would would depend on who are they yes. getting in that trade. And obviously, it's going to be it would in that scenario it would be a big name. It would be. Um, it would have to be because Tid would D'Angelo be so... Russell, yeah. f- who is also very good friends with Carl. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, speaking of that, D'Angelo Russell had some uh, I thought some interesting things to say when he was here, if you or in Minnesota, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and and I chatted with him after Warrior shoot around, and he said I, I asked him like in terms of Carl as a leader, what have you seen from him? He's like, he's like, he's, he's needed to be more vocal. Mm -hmm. And like, he, he can't, he has to, you know, he has to talk the talk a little bit instead of, you know, kind of, I don't want to say like not cowering, but being more shy. He has to be out there. So I thought it was very interesting that, that D'Angelo Russell was, was also noticing that uh, in Carl from afar.
1: And he also mentioned to you that, the weather of Minnesota the weather, played, yes. <laughs> played a big role in the decision he I, made.
2: That was, by the way, unprompted. I did not say, did the weather. <laughs> like like I said, I, I, I just asked him a question, like, why didn't you, you know, did they make Did I, I think the question was, did, did the Wolves give you a lot to think about this mm-hmm. summer? How, you know, how yeah. seriously were you considering coming yeah. to Minnesota? He's like, very much so. Um, and so, but then when he was talking about, like, you know, the things that maybe made the difference in his decision, he mentioned the weather. He's like, I went through my first winter in New York, and it wasn't great. Um, You know, he's like, and so I had a chance to go back to California, so I took it, and I'm like, really? The weather played that – I followed up, like, really the weather played that big of a decision? He was like, yeah, it did. I was like, fascinating. Right. Fascinating. Well,
1: what I think that also illustrates is the notion that – of what I've been saying the whole time is it was a trade – but it was a sign and trade, right, right. which meant Russell had to choose he got, he where still he got was to, going. He still got to choose where he was going to go. Yes, yeah. so it's like, it's not that the Wolves, I mean, to defend to defend the Wolves in that pursuit, if you believe it was the right pursuit, mm-hmm. he, it didn't work unless D'Angelo Russell liked Minnesota and what Minnesota had to offer right. enough, you know, to, that that it out out-amounted what Golden State had to offer, right. and now that looks kind of comical, as we right, see right, Twenty exactly. games in the year. Now,
2: what would you rather be on? Um, but he, he, I think, you know, to the Wolves' credit, he he was very impressed by what they were developing, what they were trying to sell him in terms of the front office, the coaching yeah. staff. He said he really liked the fact that that Pablo was on the staff. He was familiar with Pablo, um, you know, and he just kind of liked what they were selling in general. So I think that that bodes. Well, for the Wolves as an organization sure. moving forward, that they were at least able to impress D'Angelo Russell, a big name free agent, on that front.
1: And I, I think that reputation is getting out there. yeah And I mean, I, talking on behalf of myself, I kind of went through the summer before, you know, before we're really in there every day and, and talking to the players and the coaches and the front office people. Yeah. You know, I was. I was kind of wary feeling like am I being sold a bill of goods here with whenever you hear the word culture a lot <laughs> right, you're like right. you always like well what's going on but what I can honestly say from the, the time that I spend around this team is it is it's just it is totally certainly different than last year and evolving over time where it does it does feel like culture and I don't even like to like use that word but there is it does very much well, feel a, like they're building a positive yeah. something.
2: I th- I think there's just a different mood yeah. in and around the organization and the team. Whether whether that, again, whether that leads to wins mm. or not, I don't know, yeah. ultimately. Um, but it does feel like people are just, in general, happier to be there, whether it be players or staff. Um, and
1: well, Carl, that counts this morning, for something. This morning, a shoot-around, Carl was – he just talked about having fun. Somebody asked yeah. me about the yeah, change,
2: yeah. and he's like, He's just like, kind of not Do did he say like relearn how to have fun or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and he that? goes, yeah, I know yeah. there's yeah.
1: been teams I've been on before that I wasn't having fun. Yeah. And he goes, There's just such a commitment to off the floor, you know, us enjoying our time together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess we, we can think about, I can think about so much of this stuff through the, you know, the lens of contracts and how so-and-so fits with so-and-so and 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 what crunching and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And I trust, I do more than my fair share of that, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, or or I guess this is just kind of opening up my eyes to the idea that a better culture can be just as valuable as X amount more dollars in cap space or something. It could,
2: it could be. And, you know, and I I think maybe not necessarily Carl, but I go back to Wiggins, Mm -hmm. um, Earlier in the year, um, before the season started, it was in Milwaukee, and I, I caught up with him at a shoot-around and kind of asked him about just last year and right. over the summer. And he said, "I've he echoed echoed what Carl said. I'm having fun again. This is fun again." And he's like, "I wasn't having fun last year." He didn't name names. Yeah, I don't think it was. You know, I don't think it's too hard to yeah. read into it a little bit, but. Um, he was having fun again. The joy is back in him playing basketball again. And now, look, he's having the best stretch of I, his I think it's the
1: joy. I think it's multiple things. We're kind of touching on both of them. It's the joy is back, mm-hmm. but I do think, and what D'Angelo was describing in Carl and what I think we're witnessing in, in Andrew is just a kind of coming-of-age sort of thing where they are leaving the kind of college-age kid yeah into
2: young adults five and six years into their careers now. Right. That's a long time.
1: But, but I think a year, even a year or two ago, Andrew would have still been four years into his career. And you'd be like, well, this kid doesn't really seem like he has a lot of drive, this and that. I don't think it'll ever change. We've already seen four years of it. But again, to go to the human side of it, sometimes, I mean, we have, I have friends, you have friends like that, where people matured at different rates, different times in life. They kind of click the, okay, I'm an adult. Yeah. You know, yeah. Button in their in their life. I don't think I've hit it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty three years old. We just old, had Chick fil A for lunch. So. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. Exactly. But but it's um, I, I don't know. You, you so you're there at all these scrubs. The thing, the difference I see in Andrew, and this is like super minutia, but he talks with his hands now, when he's describing what he's describing answers. Like he was, someone was asking him about you know, they're t- asking him about his shot selection, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which I'm kind of sick of that question, but. But he was—he was talking about like the needing to remember that, and he starts like pointing to his temple. He was like hitting, like hitting. This, I'm doing this. Uh, you can't know. You can't see this on a yeah, podcast yeah. right now. But like the Carmelo Anthony sort of thing, where he's like hitting his temple like that, mm-hmm. and it—it's he's more direct in the way he talks. And when he was another one of the games, when he was describing what it's been like to be the the point guard and like. He was describing the the way he can see the floor, and he's kind of swirling yeah. his hands, looking at us, um, d- describing it. And I, I don't know, to me, it's just it's like a different level of communication because he think was like a, I a think It's zero. an interesting
2: point. I I because and I'm thinking back to that interview I had with him in Milwaukee, and honestly, like it, it was some of the most candid I th- I yeah. thought that he ever was. And granted, I I only covered the team the year before, but that interview was the most candid I had ever. Seen him and 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 heard him up, up to that point, you know, it just in my interaction with him as well. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what that speaks to. If he's if he's just more, if he's more engaged. If he I don't again, know what it if speaks he's to having either. Fun, but but it it is a change for sure.
1: Which because I mean, particularly last year, which I don't blame him for at all when he was having probably the worst year of his career. You know, it was just very sh- never rude, but just very short. You would ask a leading question he, he would always kind of respond with definitely definitely yeah. and like just never really get in into it but the the ten best answers <laughs> to questions I've ever heard from Andrew Wiggins all come all from come this, this year, year. <laughs> and I don't know maybe that's just because he's playing good and if things fall off mm-hmm. those will fall off I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm not I'm not sure but again, uh, its it
2: just it's just it's hard to quantify what exactly it is that's making this change and, and if that is a major reason why he's improved or if it has nothing to do with it. I don't know. But I, I tend to think it's something.
1: It's for sure something. It's something is for sure yeah. changed, And it's kind of like the culture. It's mm-hmm. like it's for sure real. We don't yet for sure know if it's meaningful. Yes. Yes. Because there's only this little 16-game sample we've had right. of the culture and of the the players playing like this. Um, so let's, let's talk about these 16 games. Mm-hmm. Uh we're recording this before the Atlanta game, so they're exactly at five hundred right now. eight and eight, I think this is kind of i mean eight and eight still pretty much exceeds anyone's expectations it does yeah entering yeah. the year, but given that, I think they're kind of at the nadir of where they've been at this year because they've lost what four of the last five am at know home that.
2: yeah or or four of their last five uh Yes, yes. Because they won, the, they, they won
1: they won in Utah. All at
2: all at home, by the way. Yeah, four straight yeah, losses. Yeah.
1: So it's it's um, the quote unquote low point of a high year right yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, but there's just been no there's been no continuity whatsoever from who's been in, who's been yep. out. Yep. It's it's I, I looked it up today for the thing I wrote the the quote unquote starters: Teague, Wiggins, Graham, Covington, Cat. Those guys have only shared the floor for 70 total minutes this year. That's crazy. 70. That's in like 16 games. In wow. 16 games. So yeah. so get this. Yeah. I, I looked it up the uh, the Butler year, mm-hmm. the, his first year here. The the Teague Wiggins Butler Gibson Cat in the first 16 games of that year. Those guys played 354 minutes wow. together. Wow. And Jimmy was even sick and missing. He missed some time mm-hmm. at the beginning of that year too. So, I think the only real way to to spin this. Mm-hmm. Is that more continuity? Should
2: theoretically, should be better basketball. Th- yes, right. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: unless for some reason, Cap can only thrive without Wiggins, and Wiggins can only thrive without Cap. But I think even that isn't that can't be true. I don't think so. They, no. The the things they do, at least on the offensive end of the floor for each other, seem to very much seem to help the complement other, complement each other
2: pretty well. Yeah.
1: It is weird though that they it hasn't happened in sixteen games. Mm-hmm. where they've both had a a really good night together. Yeah. Right? Like I mean Cat always puts up pretty ridiculous stat lines, but you know one of those impactful Cat games where you're like he was just dominant tonight. Like he had early in the season. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, 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 well, yeah. he had those three early early yeah. games in the season which were kind of
2: and he had the then he had the Utah game on the road where he hit the seven threes. Yeah, yes, yeah, but yeah. Wiggins wasn't there. Wiggins, Wiggins wasn't there. The first yep. three games yep. of the
1: year, Wiggins mm-hmm. wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Other than that fourth quarter against the Heat and Cat was balling. Mm-hmm. Then, then Keck gets suspended. Yep. In the Philadelphia game, which is game four, and so he's out, and that's kind of when Wiggins starts rolling. Yep. Yep. And then Wiggins goes out with the personal reasons and illness, and that's when Cat starts going. There against. were a
2: few games where Wiggins, it, Wiggins and Cat were on the yeah. floor, like. Um, what am I thinking of? Uh, but there were a few games where Wigan right. was playing really well, and Cat was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were a few games, but but you're right. Then, then Andrew goes out with the personal reasons, and it and then Carl has his best game in a while. Yeah. Um, and but but and then you and then you just kind of you know you wonder. Then Andrew gets sick, he misses the game because of the illness, and you're just like, oh, he was he was playing so well, and you just wonder like, is this what brings him back down? Like missing these three games like brings him brings the numbers back down, brings this quality It at least back takes him out of a rhythm. Right. And, and I think you can see that in his shooting, yeah. his three-point shooting the last couple of games was not great. Right.
1: Um, it does – I do think, though, in what – I'm blanking. Oh, the Phoenix game was the last game. Yeah. He did look like – even though he wasn't making the shots, he did look like the same player. Yes. From the way he was I carrying think, himself I, he, attacking he's, the he's rim. He's doing
2: the same things. He was just not hitting as many shots. Yeah. Uh, And and I think in the Phoenix game, at least down the stretch, I noticed because Covington wasn't there, Graham wasn't there, Kogi Mm. wasn't there. He (laughs) was guarding Devin Booker as well late in that game. Um, You know, really having to expend effort on both ends of the floor. Whereas maybe in other Mm. games, those guys pick up that. Oh no, he normally gets like the
1: yeah the fifth guy. Yes, yeah, yeah, (laughs) defensive, which makes (laughs) sense. A lot of that happens to a lot of teams like primary scorers. But Mm. yeah, it's. I'm kind of fascinated by this next stretch of the season because I for sure let myself over the course of these 16 games get a little high on this team and really kind of fall into not only believing in Andrew, but believing in how it kind of all pairs together into thinking that if not for sure a playoff team close to a playoff team seems like they'll be in contention. Yet now I look at the schedule, which Ryan, we, it's were ta- a little we were talking. Gets a little about, tougher. It gets it's like these four games, mm-hmm. and then it gets real rocky with a lot of road games, and then the home games against I think it's Denver and the, the Clippers. Clippers come to town, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Where the, it's like the home games are against some of the premier Western Conference teams. So, I, I've I've said on on our podcast
2: at this trip, if I could plug that. There you on go. Here, uh, I, I I've said this multiple times. Let's see where they're at at Christmas. Because mm-hmm. after Christmas is uh, the on the 26th, they play Sacramento, and that'll cap their second four game road trip that right. involves a trip to the West Coast in December. So let's see where they're at on December 26th. And that'll maybe, maybe we can draw some definitive conclusions. Do you about know where how many games that will
1: be into the season? Off the top
2: so of my it's head, I month don't from know. Now. Um, so we uh, have the twenty third
1: is the last game. That's in. We have three State. before.
2: We have three before the first game, or the, before the first four game road trip. Mm-hmm. So that's three seven. Then you have another four game road trip. That's eleven. And I don't think there's many home games in between. So yeah. it's it would be around game number twenty eight, twenty nine right. of the
1: season. I think when Yeah. That so it's yeah. basically doubling what we've we've had. here yeah, Already yeah. and. Again, I think th- the the reason mm-hmm. to believe that it could be good is that there there should be continuity going yes. forward because it's not. I mean, outside of Trevion Graham, who's it's an arm bruise,
2: mm-hmm. and he appears to be on track to play tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Outside of that, the things that people have missed have all been th- they've all been personal reasons, illness, or suspension. Like those don't mm. ha- those aren't going to have lingering effects where it's going to come back. Like yeah. they should they should all be back and playing here, you know, as a as a group going forward. And if this is the best starting five, and I don't know, I think we'll probably see Culver and Lehman and Layman and Napier are still out. But yeah. but as we're looking at the starters, like, well, that'll be a little fluid, as Ryan says. But I think it's huge for them to boost that number over 70 total minutes. Yeah. That well, they played together.
2: I mean, this is a new, and we've talked about this a lot too, it's a new group that's, you know, has only had, training camp to play together for the first time in their lives and you know yeah you just need that continuity to get better it's it's a lot of it's a lot of chemistry I think it was Shabazz Napier who talked about early in the year um, just about what that chemistry can do in terms of like just learning other people's tendencies and that kind of telepathic communication where you know where Covington might like the ball or you might know what Jared Culver likes to do in a certain situation and just kind of having just tendencies. That, right just knowing pl- other teammates tendencies and and being able to play off of that in right. in a very quick fashion.
1: See, so I think like that's the reason to believe it's going to go up. They're going to mm-hmm. like that's the plus booster points there. I think the reason it could go down is that now opposing teams are going to have a little bit more of a book out on okay, this is how Andrew they're Wiggins. using Wiggins. Yeah. This is how they're yeah. using Cat if we just take out those two, we should be pretty good. which yeah. is, Which is easier said than done, mm-hmm. but I I don't I don't know what it, do the pluses outweigh the minuses. I would I would guess so because I would, then I you would, can adjust I would to guess the adjustment. So
2: I also think that, and we can we can talk about you know their three point shooting for days. But <laughs> if you if you look at and my colleague Michael Rand has kind of done this. If you look at like the amount of wide open and open threes yeah. they they've been getting they it seems like they're maybe due for some progression to the mean because yeah. they're missing a lot of those shots Fair. maybe they start hitting a few more of those as the year goes on i don't know i don't know because this is not a great shooting no but i think roster. their logic is sound there yeah, yeah.
1: i i was looking at the other side of that and you know that they're giving up the least wide open threes
2: which is fascinating i did not know that yeah. yeah
1: yeah i mean the defense still hasn't been Great. Right, That's right. That's like a good sign, I guess. I you would I think assume, I mean that right? that would suggest <laughs> schematically you're yeah putting yourself in a in a good position to defend the three point line. Yeah. But yeah, we're just gonna have more time to kind of take in what is this system? Like we we know what the system is, we don't necessarily know how the guys fit into it because they haven't all been there together. Right. And then I think defensively we're seeing a whole bunch of change game to game because I think they're they are intentionally evolving what they're doing there. But then there also changed some things like by necessity. Like when Covington had to guard Harden. Yeah. Was that because he had to guard him? Because Joshua Cody didn't play in that game? Mm-hmm. Or was it because they want to start actually using Covington more in like on the wing than in the power forward spot that he's been? Yeah. Like I don't I don't necessarily know those things. I don't know how much of a work in progress the the whole system is. Yeah. Because And
2: we've we've heard from Ryan that it is very much a work in progress. It right. wasn't just okay, training camp is here, install the system, we're done. Now we play the same thing for 82 games. He said what twenty he had like twenty had to 20 thirty percent. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He said
1: thirty percent of it is yeah. in now we're trying to add we're trying over. to
2: add over the course of the season. And he yeah. also said
1: thirty <laughs> percent of it is in, we're gonna try to add to the over the course of the season, but we're probably not gonna get to a hundred percent. So so again, it's all been it's not smoke and mirrors. It's just I yeah. think they're figuring it out too.
2: They're and and they're learning what they have and don't have. And and he said too that like guys do things in games and it surprises the coaching staff. And they like Gorgie. I mean, think yeah. about how
1: many of those things Or like Jordan Bell. Like, do you think Jordan Bell will play tonight? After
2: he, um, I would I would th- I would give him some minutes just to see right. if he can at least replicate what he was doing the other day. Now, like. The, you know, they should have a Kogi back, they're gonna have Covington That's back, true. they should have Graham back. So the rotation all of a sudden got a lot more crowded over yeah. the last twenty four hours That's than true. it was on Saturday. Um so I don't know. But right. I mean, hey, if he's playing well, ride the ride the hot hand until he's not hot anymore.
1: They they seem to have been somewhat willing to try those things out. Yes, yeah. And I would mostly point to Gorgi. Mm-hmm. Um and then they, or and Cada too. Cada Cada like yep, yep. played well in the last game. Yeah, I, see that's that a, was
2: that was the K to that was the K to don't forget about me game. Yeah, on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I, like that. I like that. I know you. I know you got Keelan Martin here, but don't forget about me. That was that game. <laughs> yeah, man, he played well,
1: and he. Josh, th- this morning at Shooter on, Josh was talking about it, and he was talking. About, I mean, I think mm-hmm. Kata put in a ton of work this summer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was here, or not here, not in Atlanta. I've he always,
2: was. I've always liked his game. I just think yeah. he's a really smart player who does a for, especially for somebody who's only in his second year. Sure. I I really like Kate as as a, as a player. I I really do.
1: He is like one of those guys who has the big, long, gangly body type that you would think mm-hmm. would look frequently look like discombobulated <laughs> with his arms. I <laughs> yeah. said discombobulated like three times on this spot. Yeah.
2: But but he's like really fluid for someone yeah. of that like. He's very sh- shape. smooth. Yeah. He he's very smooth in how he moves. Yeah.
1: yeah I, I think he's. I, I mean, he's at least somewhat back in the mix. He's ar- he's around the team and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I Charlie and I on a previous podcast we were just like. I don't even know is Kato a part of this at all because he was a Thibodeau guy, right? Draft right. pick, and mm-hmm. I don't know. So we're we're gonna have we're gonna have plenty to see over this next stretch of games until until Christmas, where I think we'll be able to know how real this team is, and probably we'll gain yeah. a little bit more information about the rest of the West. But yeah. As of right now, it very much does feel like there are two Western conference the seven and eight seed spots. Seven and eight
2: seeds are very much open for grabs because at the beginning of the year everybody had penciled yep. in Golden State and San Antonio for those two spots. No and and, and Portland. And Portland and Dallas too. was out and Portland now Dallas is left. for Dallas sure is in, in. Mm-hmm. and so you still have those two those two spots. Yeah. And
1: it's not like the teams that are like battling for those two spots are like all that special. It is like a Phoenix who's mm-hmm. who had lower expectation than the Wolves going into the yep. season. Oklahoma City, who we think maybe is still going to like trade their team, right? right. Uh, Sacramento, who's has been missing players, that hasn't looked when they ha- that good when they've had those players. Yeah, I mean, it, they're eight and eight right now. <laughs> maybe if somebody's listening to, to this on on Tuesday morning after the Wolves have gotten beat by Atlanta, we this will sound stupid, but I, I think they're just the Wolves are just as much in the mix for that. No, I, I agree with
2: teams. you. I, I agree that I think they will be a contending team at least in the mix right. as much as they were at last year you know, sure. at the very least um and so if that's your kind of floor I think that's good for for where this team is and and I think we we've, we've said this before too but there there is a way that this year they don't, they missed the playoffs this year but it's a good year mm-hmm. In terms of the organizational outlook, where right. and it's kind of happened a little bit, where it's like, does Andrew Wiggins become an improved player? That's one of the the temp poles you might be able to hang your hat on, and that's actually come true right. so far through 16 games this year.
1: And uh, they are playing the way they said they were going to play. Yes, like, yes. I, and we'll they see haven't, how they haven't practicing. just scrapped it. and yeah.
2: it's they've had some success with it. So yeah, we'll. Which see Which is how different they than last year
1: when that. Ryan said we're going to shoot more threes and we're going to play with more pace. He said that right when he took but it over they, didn't. they they played slower and they shot fewer yeah. threes <laughs> but now there's a, a full on commitment to this there's a full on commitment to Andrew mm-hmm. in in developing him as a player who gets downhill doesn't take mid-range shots there's a dev- there's a commitment to using Carl on the perimeter mm-hmm. as a guy who's going to shoot a high volume of threes and there's a commitment of everyone else to play fast and space the floor they're they're doing all three of those team those things with this team yeah. we just kind of have to see how effective that ends up being that's the big question. That's, That's the big question. question. Mm-hmm. That's Chris Hine. Um, you should go check out that story. We didn't get into too many of the details of it because I still want you to to read it. It's the pinned tweet on yes, it uh, is on, uh, on my his profile, on his yes. Twitter profile, and it just highlights one of the more interesting dudes that I've covered mm-hmm. since I've uh, agreed been in the NBA. And you should uh, read this, that, and while you're on t- <laughs> Chris's page, if you don't already follow him at Christopher Hine, right? Yep, yep. And he's. Writing an obnoxious amount of uh, daily wolves stories content. every
2: day, baby, every day.
1: Sometimes twice, three times a day. Blogs, notebooks, nope yep. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yep. That's uh, yeah. And you could follow that all at uh, at startribune. Thank you a lot for doing this. No we, can a, we can get Pleasure. a we could get a pregame nap in. Yes, we go Let's to get our pregame
2: naps before we head back over
1: <laughs> State Farm Arena tonight. I think, Man, they, they gotta they gotta get this one. Yeah, this is this
2: is one you gotta have on the road. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay, until next time, thanks, Chris. I'm Dane Moore at Dane Moore MBA. Peace out.